provide better help and NeuroGum and Mints, buddy. Hey, Chris, what's in your mouth, man? So, dude, I've actually got one of these NeuroMints in right now. I know you do, and you're all about these NeuroGum and Mints. Me too. I absolutely love it. I've turned on three friends to NeuroGum and Mints. They're completely addicted to the cinnamon mints. I'm not going to lie. I really like the cinnamon. I'm working on one of these peppermint ones right now. Hold on. Say cinnamon with the Nero gum and mints in your mouth. <laughs> cinnamon. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love this stuff. It was developed by former athletes training at the highest level who didn't want to take mysterious supplements or energy drinks while studying, training, or going out. Instead, they wanted something that was effective, that gave them this clean, balanced energy that could be taken anywhere, anytime. And Chris, I know you're a huge fan of Nero Gum and Mints. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. So I've been doing a lot of these, um, a lot of these charity events, especially because I've got my own nonprofit and everything. And I found myself, because a lot of times in the evening, but I'm starting to slow down a little bit then. But when I, I can pop one of these in, because everybody kind of talks really close at these events. So I got a little caffeine kick. So it, it picks me up a little bit. So I'm a little bit more alert and focused. But at the same time, I'm not worried about these people talking really close to me because my breath is amazing. <laughs> Look at you, man. Two for one. Right. Go to tryneurogum.com slash I needed that. That's tryneurogum.com slash I needed that to enjoy calm, focus, and energy whenever you need it. We've got a link for you in the show notes, too. Uh, in the show notes, too. Uh, hey, take that man out of your mouth. Let's talk about better help for just a couple of minutes, mm. man. Both of us have talked extensively about our own therapy journeys and the importance of this. And somebody said something to me yesterday that I thought was so powerful, dude. You ready for this? Yeah. For people who are struggling with anything in their life, I would tell them to go to therapy before I would tell them to do anything else. Yes, I agree. Um, 100%. I mean, unless unless they're struggling with a physical injury, <laughs> you know, like then, then go to your doctor. But, but yeah, if, right. if you're struggling with anything as far as your emotions, your feelings, a thousand percent, just being able to talk through it, it, it is almost like triage, if you will, for your emotions. There you go, man. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash I needed that. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. It's 100% online. To get started, you just answer a couple of questions about your needs and preferences and therapy. And then like Chris said, you can go ahead and schedule online. If you're not vibing with somebody, you can select somebody different. But the, the only important part is that you start. You get in here and you get going. So 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash I I needed that. That's better. Help help dot com slash. I needed that. Should we do a podcast, buddy? Yeah, dude. Let's go, man. I'm excited. I needed that. There you go. I think I'm down for that. I let's think go. that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I needed that, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms. Everybody. Again, we're talking with Rachel from season five of my show. We tend to do that a lot with a ton of things. Is like try to pass on ownership. You know, I'm a confident, badass woman. That's what I say to myself. Yeah. I just stop feeling like you anymore. I remember looking at myself in the mirror and being like, "Who is this?" Chick. I am MIA and I, I need to get myself back. This is it, Mr. Chris Powell. Yes, my friend. Here Ep- we go. Episode number 49 of the I Needed That podcast. How yes. are you this morning? I'm good. How are Besides you doing? overwhelmed. How are you? <laughs> Give me the real story. <laughs> I was like, I'm not good. I am <laughs> yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Get me with the truth. Man, Don't give me this fluff. We are so deep in the trenches just hustling to try to get this project out. And I mean, we pushed this. We pushed the release date back three or four times now. Again, and, and we're just being, we're held up with technology. 
and it's so good. I mean, we've, we've poured two years into this thing, but it's just, it's buttoning up those final, those final touches. It takes a lot longer than, than most people, than most people realize. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting there. Yeah, man, man. But I am stressed, bro. <laughs> I am stressed. And especially like we're looking at the date and we're like, man, like, can it be here next week? Can we get it out by November? Can we get it out in early December? Like, oh, man. And so. Like you said, you're you're kind of a victim to technology. Specifically speaking, you know the app itself is is done. It's robust. It's all kind of. There's a lot of good things about it. But then you submit it to. I learned this this morning. You submit it to the platforms where yeah. you hope that people will be able to go and download the app. They run their own test. Yep. And they basically say like, hey, it needs a couple of tweaks here, and then we'll then we'll greenlight you. And but they'll kick it back for any reason under the sun. I mean, it's just like your description is not accurate because of X Y Z. And the thing is these are all good exercises to go through because it forces you to clean it up. But at the same time, we need to get more testers on these platforms. So they keep kicking it back. And so we've spent literally months cleaning up these tiny little things, but we can't, they won't approve it so we can get out to our beta testers. <laughs> and so, oh, it's been a nightmare. But at the same time, again, this is just, it's its par for the course. But then you, you realize that there's a lot of work that goes into putting something like a, a really high quality product out sure. there. And it has to be like a, so we're getting there. All right, man. When it, when it finally does come out, man, you'll, I, I hope everyone realizes everything that's gone into it. I think they will. <laughs> I think they will. I think I, they it will be impossible to ignore it as, yes. as somebody who's a beta <laughs> tester myself. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible. Uh, like there's nothing, nothing, nothing else like it out there. And that's, and, and which for me, I mean, I always look back and I'm like, why didn't someone create this sooner? Because it's it's right there. It's We're been waiting for you, dude. in front of us. I guess so. Waiting for you. Someone's got to make it. About so. time you showed up. Yeah, let's go. Um, all right. So listen, here on the podcast, uh, it's all about these incredible stories of transformation. And so often we are dealing with one, kind of one version of transformation, which is somebody who's put on a bunch of weight and is trying to take that weight off and right. get their life healthier again. Today's story is going to be a little bit different. And I'm excited about this because it's a little little bit more in line with my story yes and my journey so how did you come to meet Quinlan well you know I actually I was I was scrolling through Instagram of all things of course you were yes I was scrolling were, through were you on the toilet I think he'll want to know that I'm sure I probably was, <laughs> <laughs> I was. and because so, that's like one of my very few times to actually right. scroll I know and my, my legs had already fallen asleep because I was <laughs> I was stuck in that the mindless <laughs> the mindless swiping down and uh, no, but I came across this story and, and it really resonated with me because like you, I can't, I came from this side of the spectrum yeah. of, I was extremely small and I always wanted to, to put on muscle and, and, and feel powerful because a lot of it was taken away from me and from bullying and everything when I was like the tiniest kid in school. And so you and I have got a, a similar story there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the, the beauty of it though, is that there are so many, I mean, the journey of transformation, and while a lot of people will see the the, transform, the transformations we've done in helping people lose a lot of weight, but there are so many parallels. It's a human thing. The the struggles and the suffering and a lot of the the moment of clarity and, and a lot of these different things, It's there are so many parallels. Anyone who's looking to make a change, I want you to just kind of look through the physical and listen to the mental and the emotional side of it because it is like anyone who's trying to make their life better. And okay. so let's bring him in yeah, right now. Let's do this. I'm excited. He is uh, Quinlan Smith. He hails from the great state of Wisconsin. Uh, I did a little time in Wisconsin, I did some radio oh, in yeah. Wisconsin and Milwaukee for ah. a radio station called WKTI. 
do you remember? Because so Matthew's got this. <laughs> Quinlan, what's up, buddy? How's it going? <laughs> How's it going, guys? Absolutely happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. This is so cool. So check this out. Matthew has got um, this incredible ability Where to, are we do, going here? Where to are do we going the, here? the morning call out of all these different radio shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. can do them all, whether it was in Washington, D.C., Phoenix, Arizona, um, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Do you, do you remember the morning call out? For Milwaukee, it was just ninety four five KTI. There was no real slogan oh. there or oh, yeah. anything. So oh. we just kind of said WRJ oldies. Yeah, yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> that, was, the, that was the Wisconsin one. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. knows it. He knows it well. Eh? Oh, it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, that one was a really easy, simple call sign. We didn't have to do a big, uh, you know, today's hit music or the best variety of the nineties, eighties, and none of that crap. We just were ninety four five KTI was a super legendary radio station. I went there to re- replace a morning show that had been on the air there for thirty years. Wow. And the Wisconsinites did not take to Matthew Blades. And uh, a year and a half later, we were a new format, and I was moving to Phoenix. <laughs> well, that worked out for the better then. Hey, listen, it worked out great. It worked did. out great. So what part of Wisconsin are you in, Quinlan? Well, I'm actually right now in Phoenix, um, Arizona. I just, oh, <laughs> exactly. bro. Yeah, I, um, I, so I live in Santa Monica. I moved there for my company. Um, but uh, I came out here. My buddy owns a beef company here called Moon River Beef. And so we're throwing a huge event, our combined companies, um, next Saturday, which I can tell you guys about off, offline. Um, it's basically a huge pool party. Um, and kind of fitness competition, which I can get into what? a little bit a little bit later. How about the, this, uh, dude? Let's yeah. go. Yeah, so I, I flew in last night. I'm uh, I'm really excited. We're just we're marking the event all week as well. So um, yeah, we're we're really we're really excited about it. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually in Phoenix right now. Wow, that's crazy. Welcome to Arizona. You came in at a beautiful time. We had known that yeah, we would have no, had you gorgeous. in studio, man. But uh, no what are you gonna do? Exactly. How old exactly. are you now? Um, How old are you, Quinlan? I'm 28. 28. I'm 28. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And, and you've, so I was telling Matthew that I was scrolling through Instagram and, and that's where I came across your story. And it was really, it actually really struck me because, um, you know, you, you seem very open and vulnerable and, and talked about everything you've been through. And of course I was, I, the very first thing that most of us notice is there's a physical transformation and you went from extremely skinny yeah. and now you've put on a lot of muscle, but of course with us, it's like, we want to look beyond the physical and and really dive into what was that journey like and where did it start and what got you to the point where you're at now? And so I know that there's a lot, the thing is everyone has a really, everyone's got a story and everyone's got trauma and everyone's got, you know, these beautiful moments, these flagpole moments that they'll always remember. And and so I want, we, we really want to just talk to you about what your journey was like and draw those parallels Absolutely. for anyone who's looking to make a positive change in their life. Okay. So let's go back to the beginning with Quinlan then. Yeah. How old are you when you are starting to have these thoughts of like, man, this isn't the body I want and I want to do something different with it. You know, that's, that's actually a really hard, hard question to answer. Surprisingly, I think, um, because it's, it's been something in perpetuity, right? It has been, um, and I, and I think this is this is really something that um, I didn't realize just never gets talked about as much as kind of the the other form of kind of like you know amazing you know weight loss transformations. I think there's a lot of guys and a lot of girls out there, um, a lot of people out there who struggle with in particular putting on weight, mm-hmm. any 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 type of weight, whether or not it's a mental health issue, whether or not it's just crazy metabolism, whatever it is. And you know, I think so frequently I would just be like. Oh man, like I'm trying to, you know, put all this food down my stomach and 
I just like, it's really tough. And people's immediate response is like, oh, well, that must be nice. You know, and it's like, oh, well, you know, it's like, I, this is something that's like a really big issue for me as well. Right. So I think right. it's something that in popular culture is really, really easy to dismiss that a lot of people really struggle with. Um, so for me, I grew up in, you know, kind of middle of nowhere, northern Wisconsin, a little town called Rhinelander. Um, and I, I was very, very into sports. Um, I did, you know, hockey, tennis, baseball, you name it, my entire life. And I, I was a very competitive nature. And so I was always very kind of athletic, but I was also very, very skinny my entire life. Very, very skinny. Just something that I would, I was actually very, very self-conscious about. And like, I, I like to think that I'm a relatively confident individual, but that one part of me was always like, man, I just like, I wish I was a little bit bigger because I'm, I'm so skinny that people would kind of look at me and they're like, Oh, you know what, why is, why is he that skinny? You get those kind of jokes in high school or college or whatever. Uh, To an extent. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it wasn't definitely as bad as like a a lot of folks. And I think that's not really, you know, the, the biggest part of kind of the, the fire inside that really lit it up. It was really just kind of that internalized feeling of, you know what, I, I can kind of do better for myself. And, and there's a bunch of reasons that kind of it got a little bit exacerbated into kind of my like high school and college years. So, um, you know, I played, you know, fitness, uh, sorry, uh, tennis and, and, and baseball throughout my entire um, high school career. And then I went and I went into um, college. I went to Middlebury College in Vermont and I was six foot four. So I'm six foot four. Um, I was 130 pounds, um, which is which is very light. And I, and I think the really interesting thing about that is I, I, I did not have in my mind, I did not have an eating disorder. I, I ate when I was hungry and I didn't eat when I wasn't hungry. Right. But I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, what the heck, man? Like I, you know, I, I looked like a, like a rim. I could see my ribs and everything. And it was no matter like in my mind, in my mind, right. It was no matter how much I ate. I like, I couldn't put on that weight. And so it was a very self defeatist attitude that I, I developed. And I was like, well, this is my genetics and this is always how I'm going to be. Right. And so um, that really, really all came to a head when my mom passed away from stage four breast cancer, my sophomore year of um, college. Right. And I think around that time, there's a bunch of other stuff that was kind of going on, but I didn't really know how to kind of manage that or internalize that. And I think it manifested itself in kind of a little bit of a downward spiral in my physical health. Right. Because for me, when I get anxious or stressed or worried, the trigger is I lose my appetite. Right. And so while I might not, um, you know, actually like, you know, be hungry and not eating, it's really just, I'm just not hungry. Right. And so I have to like, would have to like kind of force myself to eat. And that, that really, really came to a head my um, sophomore year of college. And I looked at myself and this is, this is all when this kind of culminated, I looked at myself and I was like, man, I, I, you know, like she wouldn't have wanted this, you know? And I think you say, I said, you know, maybe we'll get a tear out of you on the podcast, but you know, her last words to me were, you know, be strong, be smart and be kind, you know, and I think those are the three things I was like, well, I'm going to like live my life. Absolutely. By those three words, be strong, be smart and always, always be kind. Um, and so from there, I, uh, excuse me. Dang. No, you're good, um, man. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So from there, um, you know, I finished out my kind of college career and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to make a really big change. Um, and I started hitting the gym and I didn't really know what I was doing. And in this, at this point I was kind of 21, 22 years old. This is kind of my, just, just having graduated out of Middlebury college, I'd put on a little bit of weight. So I was looking a little bit healthier and that was, that was a really big struggle for me, even just put on five pounds, you know? Um, and so, uh, I was working, I was working at a, a firm called, um, 
well, just a, a firm in uh, in Washington D.C. doing finance. Um, and uh, I just started going to the gym during my lunch break. I would go, I would hit it, and I, you know, I would watch like Jeff Nippert or some, you know, guys on guys on YouTube. Who I'm sure you're all aware of. And I was just like, all right, what do I have to do naturally to just start to put on weight and eat healthy? And the really the biggest thing was. I didn't want to, at every single, every single person I talked to for what it's worth said, you need to be eating 6,000 calories a day of any type of food you can eat to shove it in your stomach. And I said, I don't, I don't think that's what I need to be doing at all. And I don't think that's healthy. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people who say like, you know, champion kind of that like dirty bulk concept and it's like really popular and like, you know, TikTok and, and Instagram and stuff. And I think for some people that can work and I, and I, I don't know any of the science or whatever behind it, but for me that was absolutely not what I wanted to do. And I said, I need to make a habit. I need to make this something that is habitual. And I need to, in particular, I, I need to separate kind of the physical aspect from the mental aspect. Of it. And it, it has nothing to do with what I look like, right? I need to, I need to stop that. And I need to say, I need to turn fitness and health, right, into something that I love doing and that I'm passionate about and make it habitual. And if I can do that, if it can be something that I really look forward to, hitting the gym every day, eating healthy, good foods and calorie surplus every single day, if I do that for three years and I don't see progress, well, then I got to reevaluate and figure out what I'm doing, right? And so and that's, and that's what I did, right? I spent three years, I put myself into a 250 calorie surplus. I started actually tracking my calories, actually tracking my calories because so many people, and I'm, I'm the worst person for this. So many people are going to tell you, you know, like, oh, or like, oh, I, I'm eating less. I promise. Like I'm eating in a calorie, a calorie deficit, or it'll be like, oh, I ate, you know, 4,000 calories today easily. And you, you track it and you're like, oh, it wasn't 4,000. It was 2,200. Mm. What? You, mm-hmm. you know, because you, your mind can just convince you so easily that you're hitting those goals unless you have that physical evidence in front of you. Right. And I was the worst, worst culprit of that. Cause I was always like, I eat so much. I have an amazing appetite. I'm eating everything. Right. And I, I really, really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I, once I made that shift, right, I figured out I needed to have, you know, whatever it was, 27, 2800 calories. Then maybe six months later, that was 2900 calories. Right. Put myself into that 250 calorie surplus. I started doing very basic kind of bodybuilding, weightlifting workouts, hitting the gym four times a week, doing compound exercise, getting eight hours of sleep, not injuring myself, all of those things, all the different things you can tell people, right? Hitting every major muscle group twice a week. I started to notice a little bit of difference. And then, man, I got that exercise buck, you know? And then that's when I went from 130 pounds, 140 pounds in in kind of year one, right? Year two, I was 150 pounds. Year three, I was 160 pounds. Now I'm sitting around 178. I go anywhere from 178 to 185 pounds. That's where my body pretty naturally, pretty naturally sits. And I do a lot of calisthenic stuff now. I just love like throwing my body around, doing pull ups and stuff. Um, but that's kind of the the really big overview of where that fitness journey started. And I can go a bit more in depth in each one of the kind of journeys that led to that. That's like the very big overview. But there's a lot of stuff that I've done in, in, in particular with my company, Top Challenger, and the kind of event we're throwing and stuff like that, um, that has really, really accelerated that process and made it much, much more of kind of uh, a passion and, and um, than just something I was doing on the side. So questions, I'll kind of questions. pause there. I got so yeah, many exactly. questions. I got questions. <laughs> questions. Um, so I did the same thing that Quinlan did when I was trying to put on weight and I worked with a, like a nutritionist and they were like, yeah, you got to eat 4,000 calories a day and, you know, do, do all these things <clears throat> as a coach. What do you, how do you help a skinny folk who are trying to put a little bit of weight on? Uh, how do you, what, what's the recommendation from your vantage point? Well, you know, it's, it's a good question that there's no, 
there's a thousand ways to skin okay. the cat here. Like, sure. like Quidlin had even mentioned, I mean, you could dirty bulk with 6,000 calories or you could you do it. You dirty bulk? The, yeah. It's like the, the, the term would be, it's considered dirty bulking where you just, you're in a massive calorie surplus, like so, a thousand 2,000, Like the rock 3, cheat 000. meal every day of the week. And that's just it. because when, <laughs> and, and not healthy foods but, in particular. Yeah, yeah, okay. And you're right. Every day of the week where you're just smashing as much calories as you possibly can. Now, your body is going to gain that tissue It's good because it has to do something with the surplus calories. Now, granted, you'll have more than enough. And as long as you are weight training with it, you are getting that stimulus for protein synthesis, which is the process of building muscle, right? So you've got the stimulus as long as you're cont- continuously like overloading your body, you got protein, but then you also have all the extra energy from the carbs and the fats, your body's going to put on a lot of muscle, but it's going to put on a lot of fat as well. And so you're just going to gain tissue, right? And so that you can gain it relatively fast that way, or you can do a much more methodical approach. So it really depends on the individual. You'll, you'll have a lot of bodybuilders. They'll just dirty bulk for, for six months and they'll, they'll, you know, pound, they'll blow up 40, 40 pounds, 50 pounds, and then they'll cut it back down or, you could do the slow road, like like Quinlan was saying, with 250 extra calories. But it's gonna, it has to be so consistent over time. But you can start to see, as long as you are in a surplus, and like he was saying, the, the beauty of it is the tracking. And with tracking, you know exactly. Tracking is a tool. It is a tool for accuracy. So it's like you know, if you if you want to, you know, perhaps create a uh, a nice door. <laughs> You're not gonna be like, well, it looks like about three feet there, and uh, it looks like about three feet over there. No, you pull out the measuring tape. It's a really nice way to start to see exactly where you are all the time. He put himself at a very slight calorie de- surplus, and over time, his body just it started to gain the extra tissue. And because it was so slight, his body actually prioritized, especially because he continued to train, and there's that constant stimulus for, for protein synthesis that his body just turned around and made mostly lean muscle tissue as he started to gain. Go ahead, yeah. Another question. He mentioned something that's true for me too. He's a tall guy, six foot four. I'm six foot three. Is is it just because it does? Damn, doesn't it feel like it, Quinlan? It just feels different. It feels harder for us super tall people. Like I, I see these guys who are like five ten doing squats, and it looks so natural. And I'm like, oh god, what a beautiful fluid movement. And then I take my long lanky ass in there and try to do a squat, and my my knees are buckling. And you know, it just it doesn't feel like it's supposed to be the thing. And I just wonder if there is a different sort of recipe and movements required for folks who have longer limbs. I don't know. Is that a silly question? Not at all. It isn't? No, not at all. Quinlan, you want to jump in on this, this one? I mean, I go through this daily. Today, hey, still, what do you, I've been what do you say? For four or five years now. Um, I think there's, there's definitely certain things you can do. I think every single person, regardless if you're tall or short or whatever, there are certain exercises that you really can just feel work a little bit better for you. And I think it takes a good six months to a year to kind of figure those things out. Okay. For me, um, barbell squats really, really are hard for me. They're really, really difficult. I can't do very heavy weight. Um, and like I, I still, I still do them frequently. Um, but they, they it's, it's just not a great, actually, same thing with barbell deadlifts. I'm worried I'm going to injure myself. I get in my head and I, I and I did them for, for kind of a year and a half and they're, they're really helping. Amazing to, to the best. Absolutely. I recommend them to everyone. Um, but if something's not working to you and you're not excited about going to the gym to do those exercises, throw them up because there's a lot of other really great exercises you can do. Right. So now I'll do, you know, barbell walking lunges, which has been really, really amazing for me and building kind of my entire lower body. My lower body is a big, big part of my focus nowadays because my upper body blossomed a bit. But for me, the biggest thing for me was I realized 
my body responds amazingly to these types of exercises. For me, the number one exercise my body responded to was clean form wide grip pull-ups. Transformational once I started doing those. And I don't know what it was. I what think is it that? was um so it's just it's just a a, a good pull-up, a good, a good clean wide grip pull-up. And then you start adding weight once you get strong enough. And I think I was I was really focused on aesthetics for my bodybuilding journey, not necessarily strength. And I think pull-ups are one of the just coolest aesthetic exercises as well. <laughs> but I think, you know, you, you mentioned a really good point, Matthew, is that like for some some taller folks, exercises, it's really easy to get in your head when you're doing something. You're like, you look over and someone's repping out 315 on the bench press, and you're like, man, I'm I'm struggling this because my arms are like so yeah. much longer. So I'm, I'm going an extra, long. like, you know, I'm going an extra, you know, six oh, to yeah. eight inches than some of these guys. So the time under, like the time under pressure, time under tension, whatever the correct definition there is, so much drastically longer the more reps that you do on that. And even for like lower rep ranges as well, right? So, but that also means you get more, you get more time under tension as well. So there's a, it's a little bit of mixed benefit. Maybe you won't be able to lift quite as much as somebody who doesn't have to go as far. Um, and maybe you can let that get in your head a little bit. I certainly let it get in my head every once in a while. It's in but, my head. Um, <laughs> absolutely. But I think um, my bigger point what, saying all of that is um, there's going to be exercises that just feel right and feel good. And you make that mind and muscle connection. And it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. And I, I mentioned a couple for me. Um, and like barbell rows and pull-ups have just been like my saving grace that I, I love. I love doing them so much. And dips. Um, All right, Chris. But, um, Chris, hit yeah. us with your Chris. thoughts. And Chris, Chris knows way more well, than me. I'm positive. No, no, That's no, just no. Anec- anecdotal on my end. Well, so, so there, there's a reason why squats are difficult for both of you because both of you actually have longer femurs, and so that, there's a lot of there's a lot of literature out there that actually talks about the difference in biomechanics based on our stature, right, and based on the way that they're that we're built. And so, you know, I've got you know, you take it's a, a short- great name for a band, by the way, the long femurs. The long femurs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. If, if, if you actually have a longer femur relative to your torso, um, and both of you, I'm, I'm Quinlan, I, I, don't, I don't see you in your entire body, but I'm going to guess that you probably do. Yeah, it actually changes your biomechanics in a squat. And so, like, for me, when I do a back squat, because I've got short, short femurs relative to my torso, I can stay relatively upright. Whereas you guys, it's, it's going to create, it's, um, you're going to have to, there's going to be much more of a more forward lean to maintain that yeah. center of mass. And so it just it, it creates a little bit more difficulty in the movement. But I love what you said, Quinlan, that you find the movements that work for you. And if some movements don't, number one, yeah, you could work with a coach and spend a lot of time trying to, to master that movement. Or but there's a there's probably six, seven, eight, or eighty other movements out there that you could adopt that are still gonna give you incredible results. And so you take what works for you, you toss out what doesn't. You become the artist in this process, and you get to create your own tra- your own transformation based on what works best for you. There's also yeah, this I, bit, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's also this bit, <laughs> Quinlan. You know what I'm talking about? When we go to the gym, it does it literally doesn't feel like the equipment is made for us. Right. It literally feels like I can get on a leg. Uh, what do you call the thing? We, leg extension. Yeah. Okay. So I'll get on a leg extension and you know, the damn bar is at my shins yeah. and, <laughs> yeah. and I know it's supposed to be at my ankles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's little things like that, that kind of mess up the brain of, of tall people. I'm glad we're having a tall people discussion yes. today, Quinlan. This is amazing. Well, Quinlan, you're yeah. going to love this. Right before you jumped on, he literally told me, he's like, freshman year, I'm six foot three, 140 pounds. Yeah. 
And then you you jumped on there like six four one thirty. I'm like, oh, <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know exactly. if you saw us looking at each other, but it was like what? the deja vu, same body type, second. man. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Um, but you know, and and, and you're spot on. Here's that, that's the difficult thing is that gym equipment is not made for really tall people. They have to keep it within a certain range, and sure. they're going to look at the average human, you know, and and so they're going to they're they're going to scale the, the that equipment. For, <laughs> but for most other humans. Here's something that you said at the onset of the podcast that's worth pointing out. Uh, and this is where my, my skills come into play here to connect all the dots, right? You said there's going to be common threads between all these transformation mm -hmm. stories. And, and the first one has just presented itself to me, which you said, Quinlan, which is you're going to need to decide what feels really good for your body. And then you're going to need to lean into those exercises. And mm -hmm. that's, that's true no matter if you're trying to lose or gain weight. You're going to have to find what works for you and then do that. A thousand percent. Yeah. And even when it comes to having the equipment not work for your body, talk to someone who's 400 pounds as they try to get into a piece of exercise equipment. Right. right. It's very difficult. You find it's across the board. Yeah. Th that's just exactly. it. And there's a lot of people that don't fit into a selectorized machine, you know, in the gym. And so it's really important. You're going to find what is going to work for you because there's still, there are so many options. I just, I'm so glad for, for both of you. You're like, well, this machine didn't work for me. That's it. And you walk out of the gym. You're like, I, I that's, th this isn't for me. No, you, you, you were proactive in searching for continued solutions and you found, you found all kinds of alternatives. And that's going to be, again, anyone who's looking to transform, you're going to need to find alternatives because not everything's going to work for you. What comes off quicker, uh, weight or does muscle get added? Like, which is a faster thing? Do we add muscle or do we lose weight? Great question. You can lose fat a lot faster than you can gain muscle. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, phenomenal muscle gains could be considered a, a pound a month, you know, if, and that's if you're primed for, if that's, if you're primed for it, you know, for a, for a, a trained athlete, someone, someone who's been training for quite some time, it could be far more difficult. It could be a half a pound is phenomenal as far as gaining. Okay. And so, you know, so for, for Quinlan to go from 130 to 140 pounds in the first year, that's really good. It's really good. Exactly. Yeah, I can tell you guys literally year year by year, you can literally see like a, a graphical scale of it. It's like year one, 130 to 140 of like, honestly, a lot of really, and a lot of that people talk about like newbie gains and stuff. My body had been like not primed for it. So I'm getting a lot of those benefits. Year two, you know, eight to nine-ish pounds. Year three, seven to eight pounds. You year go. four. And also, you know, you're going up in weight a lot as well because your form as well as improving on a lot of these exercises. Sure. So you're better able to, so it kind of like averages out a little bit because you're better able to target the specific muscle groups. You're now, you know, eating a little bit healthier, eating a little lighter. So you can kind of ride that wave a, a little bit more. And I think I want to bring it back to the conversation we were just having a little bit in, in that, like, again, that mental piece is really what I was talking about there, which Chris was mentioning as well, is going into the gym and looking forward to the workout that you're going to do. Um, and I still have days that I'm not as excited as excited for, you know, the occasional Bulgarian split squat will get in my head a little bit. <laughs> but but finding but what I did, what I did, I was really not looking forward to my leg days because I think that, you know, in my mind, um, my legs were lacking versus the rest of my upper body, which, again, I we're the to same human mind. being. We are the same <laughs> human being. It's just crazy. Exactly. 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 And I was, I was really I was trying to switch that mindset. I was like, man, what can I do? to start going in on my leg days excited. And so, you know what I did is I said, you know what, I'm going to do five really great leg exercises and I'm going to finish with some shoulders because I love working out my shoulders. Right. 
and and just just that like little change, taking my shoulders out of my push day and pushing them into my legs day, right? Just playing around with my routine a little bit like that, just because it's not because it, it would have been fine on my push day, it would have been fine on my leg day, and you know whatever workout split works well for you, right? That made me so much more excited to go mm. in on my leg days and Great really point. crush it. I had a question for you, Quinlan. When you first started going to the gym, were you self-conscious? Were you worried about what other people were thinking about you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm still, still, Still. I I go work out a hundred, a hundred percent. It's so funny. And and I'll give you a bunch of anecdotes about this. You know, uh, I first, so I first started to go to the gym actually, like when, when I really, really, um, was going, it was funny because it was, it was COVID had just started. That's really like, I was probably six months to a year into kind of the transformation and COVID hit. So I couldn't go to the gym anymore. And this is a part I didn't, I didn't actually talk about yet. Um, and I was like, what am I going to do now? I was just getting into this routine. Um, and so I was actually going to the parks outside. I was in, I was living in DC at the time. I would go to rock Creek park and I was, I would just start banging out pull-ups every, until I, until I failed. And I think it was a little bit more, I got, I got a little bit fortunate because there were very few people out around that time. Um, but even then when I started going back into the gym, um, at this point I was like 160, 165 pounds. I, I still looked very skinny for a six foot, for a six foot four person. I was still very, very like, you know, if somebody came up, was like, how many sets do you have left? I would just be like, I'm done. Mm. You, you, you know what I mean? And at that point I'd been working out for a year and a half, you know, I was, was you know, confident in my exercises and stuff. And even now, and, and, you know, I live in um, Santa Monica now and I go to this gym where there's like, you know, everyone's just like amazing, amazing shape. And I, and my mindset still hasn't shifted where, you know, I'll go up and I'll, I'll talk to someone I'll be like, Oh man, like, you know, I just want to say like, you guys are like crushing it. Cause I think by the way, if, if anybody takes anything out of this call, if you go up to any person in the gym and you just say something nice to them, it will make their day no matter who the heck it is. It's <laughs> Yo, like, hey man, like you're looking nice. And, and you exactly. will quickly gain a gym friend. And if you go exactly. up to, like, to some of the biggest dudes in there and you're like, dude, man, you're, you're just, you're inspiring. You know, you're, you're smashing it. How nice are they? Just in all honesty, have you ever had a bad experience there? Well, that's that's what I was saying. Is I've started going up to folks and I was like, dude, I just want to say, like, you've been like, you know, whether it's like putting a hundred percent A plus effort in your work, because I see you're here every day grinding or whatever. I just want to say that they'll come back and they'll be like, man, I was going to say the same thing to you. Like your genetic insertions in your shoulders are insane. I'll be like, what? <laughs> I'm like I, I was the smallest person over there still, and I still have that mentality a little bit. But you know, genetic insertions. That, he's like, you had me a genetic insertion. <laughs> another is, band name. Another band name. Yes, insertion. that is what we're going to call this podcast. <laughs> genetic yeah. insertions. <laughs> Amazing. So, so I, but I still have that that little lingering because I, I was like that for so long in my life that I still think, even though I've made so much progress, you know, I'll look at my legs after a workout and I'll man, like, what am I doing? And I have to stop. I have to actively stop myself and I have to be like you know what? Stop. Stop that. That's unhealthy. You know, we were talking about this earlier, Quinlan, like how to stop the thought process. And some people have to literally say stop and clap. And it, exactly. And and I do that. I do that. I say, I say stop in my, in my head. Sometimes I'll say it out loud. I'll be like, stop. And I'll be like, where were you a month ago? Mm. Right. Where were you six months ago? Where were you two years ago? That's what, that is what, progress is it's not where are you compared to this where are you from where you want to be even right and think a lot of people like oh this is my goal this is it's amazing to have goals but i think it's really tough to have goals without also acknowledging the progress and success that you've already made 
right? And so like for me, a big part of that is like internalizing that acknowledgement and just being like, wait, 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 wait. Why am I worried that my calves or my hamstrings or my quads are looking smaller than the upper part of my body? They're two times the size they were three years ago. That is progress. I'm doing something right now. I'm going to continue doing that. Yes. Right. But I still have that, you know, and I think I'm, I, I look great in the gym. I love how I look, you know, and I, I've started to like internalize that and add that, that confidence. It makes me really excited to go to the gym now. Um, but I, it still hits me. It still hits me. Um, and and I've, I've formed different kind of like habits for, for kind of working with that. Just like kind of, I, I, I just mentioned. So, well, if, yeah. for everyone listening also, I, I, can you hear the parallels? I mean, we, we've, so Quinlan, yeah. we, we've spoken, and of course I've spent 20 years helping people through the journey of, of weight loss transformation. And that negative self-talk is something that's universal among all humans. You know, Matthew and I were just talking about this earlier today. So whether you're happy with your physique or whether you're 200 pounds overweight or, or, 200, or you know, 50 pounds underweight, whatever it is, mm-hmm. humans have negative self-talk. And I love what you've, what you've done there is that you say, okay, number one, you catch yourself, you say stop. And then you actually have to put it into, you, you have to put it into a perspective frame of like, where are you now versus where were you a month ago, six months ago, a year ago? Everyone who's going through the journey of transformation, you, as you're having those negative self-talk, you know, the, the negative self-talk for anyone's listening, if you can catch yourself, like Matthew was saying, clap, say stop, and then say, where am I now versus where I was? A month ago, six months ago, a year ago. Again, man, all the, it's the same. The mental journey is so similar. It really is. And I can hear all these parallels. For any kind of transformation, that's, mental, that's spiritual, physical, it doesn't matter. Like we all have that's a chatter in our yeah. head telling us one story and we have to really try hard to rewrite that. That's it. That's it. Huh. Yeah. All right. So back to you, Quinlan. Um, have you landed on anything that's that's that prevented you really from breaking through early on was as now you're further on in your journey so you can look back and you can go okay why did i why was it so hard to get started why was it so hard to really jump into this thing have you landed on a reason that that made it difficult for you to jump down the journey of transformation for yourself yeah everybody said it was just my genetics Mm. So, so what, was, was that, really? So, did you wear that as your identity? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, I, people were like, you know what? Like, I, I think you're just, um, it's just kind of your bone structure or something because you obviously like eat a lot. And it was very self defeatist because I'd be like, you're right. It, mm. I think it is my genetics. I'm fine with, I'm fine with this. Even if I did this for two years and I worked for two hours a day nonstop, it's just my genetics. And I, I think there's something really, really interesting that's happening in social media in particular over the past couple of months. And I think there's a lot of a lot of skinny folks and a lot of my followers on TikTok, for example, um, will say, um, oh, I don't even want to try because now I know a lot of these influencers or whatever on TikTok, the only way they look like that is because they're taking something because they're mm-hmm. on stairs or something. And it, it's, it's almost had this, the whole script has now even flipped from a couple of years ago where it's like, well, I don't even want to try because I know that either a, you have like what happened with me where it's like, I, I know I have bad genetics and I'll never get like that. Or the only way I can get like that is because I just assume every single one of these folks are taking something. And there's a lot of folks who are taking things, you know, whatever, and teach their own. I, we don't have to talk about any of that stuff, but well, we totally I, can. it's, 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 
Yeah, yeah. we have to because a lot of skinny people reach for it. I I know I did, right? Like I was reaching for every kind of protein powder, creatine, all the muscle recovery. I was like, I just want to get big. I got to take all this stuff and get big. So go ahead, Quinlan. We'll go back to that. Yeah, and I can talk. I can tell you guys exactly what, you know, supplements I've taken that uh, I think have like helped me in particular and what I avoid and all all of that jazz. But I think my, my point was I think there's there's started to be there's a really young group of folks on, on TikTok who are very, very easily influenced. And I think there's a lot of um, fitness influencers in particular who, um, you know, some of them are very natural and don't take anything. Some of them are very natural and say they also don't take anything. And I think one of the damages of that is that it, it almost prevents people from wanting to start their fitness journey because they say, Nah, it, it's only because he took he took that. So like right. uh, obviously, and I've had a lot of people accuse accuse me of taking. I was like, guys, I can barely squat two hundred twenty five pounds over here. This is taking five years. Yeah, you know what I mean. People are like, well, he's obviously doing something. There's no way I'm I like I'm gonna even start my journey because I'll I'll never like amount to that unless I do that. And I'm like, that's not that's not true. And I had that same I had that same exact mentality. Yes. Right? It was I have these genetics. I'm naturally prone to being skinny, and maybe maybe to an extent, absolutely. Right? I. I'm, I am. I'm prone to like being a little bit more skinny, but that absolutely does not mean if I work for three to five years, I eat healthy and I, you know, kick my butt in the gym and turn it into a passion and a habit that I that I can't transform that, you know. Um, and so that that was the thing that was holding me back. I didn't think I could do it, and and everything I was reading and everyone I was talking to was to an to an extent, whether or not they were trying to make me feel better or whatever. They were telling me I couldn't do it. Another yeah. parallel in stories, right? Like, oh, it's my genetics. Oh, it, like everybody's got some story why they can't get started. Absolutely. I have a sluggish metabolism. Right. I'm born this way. My and mom so- and dad were big. My mom and dad were skinny. My mom and yep. dad were tall. My mom and dad were short. Like you just, you, you go down the road. And, and identity, if you if you adopt that as your identity, it's it's impossible to change. Yeah. And if you just wear it, yep, you cannot. You have to you have to believe that there's more for you, that you can do more. So this is a true story. Uh, yesterday I walked in. So I have two boys, Quinlan. They are 17 and 15. And thank goodness both of them are much stronger than I was. They're both the same height I was uh, and, and really tall boys. But they are very skinny and very lean. The other day I walk into the, uh, the, the garage and there it is. Huge tub of creatine. Mm. And uh, it belonged to my oldest son. And I walked in and I was like, hey, we, 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 we need to talk about what you're going to take and why you're going to take it. And so I'm just going to start with that. Creatine is one of those things that a lot of people talk about. It's definitely a low, low piece of hanging fruit because you can get it just about anywhere. Yep. So let's talk about it, Quinlan. I'm going to ask the coach here first, but what kind of supplements – do you think are good for people in like Quinlan and I's position who are trying to gain some weight? And then Quinlan, I want to ask you what you did and then what you, what you refuse to do as well. Okay. So here we go. Um, first and foremost, you cannot, you cannot develop the muscle that you want to develop naturally, obviously without, it's going to be a progressive, uh, weightlifting program. You're going to have to have, and Quinlan also hit the other pillars, at least, you know, good quality sleep, like duration of sleep, quality of sleep, a calorie surplus, those have to happen. But creatine is the most studied ergogenic aid in the history of ergogenic aids, and it is 100% okay, even for your boys. And they've actually, there's some really new exciting research has actually come out with creatine and its positive uh, effects on um, cognitive, preventing cognitive decline. 
And so, yes. And so creatine, and the thing is when it comes to creatine, there's a gazillion different kinds out there. You can't go wrong with good old fashioned creatine monohydrate. It's, it's clean. It's the least expensive and it's the most studied of all of them. How do you take it? Why do you take it? So you're going to want, so ultimately creatine is, it's almost like, think about your muscle has like three different, um, fuel, uh, sources. And so it's going to have, you know, well, we do have body fat and our muscle will burn body fat and, but body fat's almost, it burns like kerosene. It's going to be like 50 octane. Then we have carbohydrate, which is stored in our muscle, which is called glycogen. Think of glycogen like 87 octane. Then we have phosphocreatine. You got about 10 seconds of all out in your body. That's like 100 octane. It burns really hot, really fast. So when you actually take creatine, like take creatine monohydrate, it takes a little bit of time. They could say you could load with, you know, typically load with about five grams of it or so a day. And then it's going to take a little bit of time before it's going to top off that 100 octane in those muscles. And it's going to give you an extra rep or two in the tank. Now, what does that do for you? is that it's going to allow you another, ultimately to get the maximum stimulus for muscle growth, we need mechanical tension. We need muscle damage and we need what's something called metabolic stress. Forget about a lot of that stuff I just said. Let's just talk mechanical tension. So when you put a muscle under tension, you know, with a weight, whether it's body weight, whether it's iron, whatever that might be, if you have another rep or two, that's a lot more mechanical tension you can actually load onto that muscle. So you can get a stronger stimulus for protein synthesis to develop more muscle. But on top of that also, creatine pulls water into the cell. And so it, it, it volumizes the muscle. And so when, when you know, a boy who wants to gain muscle starts taking creatine, he might see a three or four pound muscle like gain relatively fast because his muscles are swollen with more water because it pulls that water into the muscle. So they go, he's like, dude, I get, I'm getting jacked. Well, no, you got more muscle in the water and, and you got more water in your muscle. You stop taking creatine, he's gonna lose that three to four pounds. But performance-wise, he's getting more reps in, especially if he can find that kind of that high level of intensity. So he's getting a stronger stimulus for muscle growth. But then who knows? I mean, now again, we're talking about some incredible benefits as far as the cognitive aspect of, uh, you know, preventing cognitive decline, et cetera. So there could be some long lasting positive benefits of using creatine. Now, Quinlan, I'd love your take on this as well. Absolutely. I think this is, um, and, and I can, first of all, I want to, I want to go back in a couple of minutes to talk about where that, where I finally had somebody say your genetics aren't the issue. Mm. That was one of the big things that switched me out of it. We can go back to that in a sec, but for the, um, for kind of the supplement conversation. So this is, this is, I think one of the most, um, kind of red flag issues in the fitness community. And it's and it, in particular, because I think it's a way that a lot of, um, a lot of brands, a lot of influence, a lot of people can make a lot of their money off of kind of selling their products, creating their own products, selling their pre-workouts, all of, all of that type of stuff. And so there's a lot of alternative hidden incentives behind the people that you watch and what they're saying and the way that they're phrasing things. I think it's really, really clear to understand and do the research yourself before you take anything ever. Um, And so for me, I spent two months watching every video I could, doing every single research, a piece of research I could. And I effectively came to the conclusion that I would have one way protein shake a day after my workout just to help me get those extra protein grams in. And I would take creatine. That's that was it. it. Now that's that's a that's evolved over time, as as I've learned. That's all I did for the first year. And I and I for any of the younger viewers out there, um, I think that there's a lot, a lot, a lot of gym goers. Most of them 
who take 250, 350 milligrams of caffeine before their workout and all of these different types of pre-workouts. And um, I would just like to say that I personally don't think that's actually necessary to get a really good workout in. I think that, you know, over time, if, you know, you have a more intense workout or something planned, you can phase that in as your body adjusts and as you get older. But I think it's really easy to get addicted to taking 300 milligrams of caffeine before your workout and getting, you know, and like, mm-hmm. and getting that. And I think just because everybody else is doing that really doesn't mean you need to do that to get a great workout in. I, I do take pre-workout occasionally now, and it, it does. It helps me get a little bit better of a workout, especially if I'm feeling a little tired or maybe I didn't get a full night's sleep or I have like a really long full body workout that I'm really pumped and excited to, to get out. And I think it can absolutely have benefits. And some of those things, for example, will have creatine in them. Or there's other things like I think one of the supplements that I'm trying to learn a bit more about myself where I've seen some positive reviews. And Chris, I would absolutely lean on you if you have any advice on this. And it's citrulline malate. Yes. Um, there's another another really interesting um, uh, uh, supplement that I've heard kind of positive things about that, that I might um, – eventually begin to cycle into kind of my, but I'm, I'm very, very diligent about what I do and what I put in my body because I've seen so much progress just keeping it super, super simple. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Take some creatine, take some whey protein. Those are like just so easy, obviously going to benefit me. Eat relatively healthy, eat, eat unhealthy foods. If I kind of feel like it every once in a while, because I want that like mental healthy happiness state as well. Again, that mental piece goes in, you know, you don't want to be on a crazy diet either, either way, because then it's hard, it's hard to make it a habit. Sure. But those are supplements I take. Long yeah. story short, yeah. I, I take creatine, <laughs> I take weight protein every once in a while. I'll take some pre-workout and get really excited for, for a workout. Nothing, nothing too crazy. And I, yeah. I personally will not recommend anything, anything else to any, anyone. And I'm sure there's other stuff that's really great and helpful for folks. That's what's worked for me. Yep. I love what you said, though, is that it's really important for anyone listening to educate yourself first and don't just go to one source, go to multiple sources and figure out what's like, understand the pros and the cons and figure out what's going to be best for you. And of course, if you if you have an opportunity, talk to your physician, especially if you have any outstanding, like, you know, any other any kind of medical condition. But no, I'm with you. We can totally talk offline about citrulline malate and beta alanine. They're also they're all like really good um, Proven supplements, citrulline malate is a vasodilator. It's awesome for getting blood, oxygen, nutrients to the working muscle. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's super cool. But going back to what you're talking about with these influencers, you know, and the whole natty or not thing, because a lot of them are claiming that they're natural and they're, they're not. Um, whereas, and, and there's, there's a lot of different things that people can get their hands on nowadays between peptides and full-blown anabolic steroids. And so it, it does get difficult because a lot of times, you know, these, these kids – are looking at these, these influencers and I want to, you know, I want to look like that. And, and the influencers are, it, it's unattainable where they're at. And then, and if they do, if they do try to make that leap, they're going to do some irreparable damage to their bodies. And so a lot of them are like, well, I'm not going to start and others make the leap and they do some big damage. Mm. That's again, in a lot of cases, irreparable. I never even taken steroids. Have you ever taken steroids? I have. Yeah, I have. We what do you feel like have when this conversation? On? Well, let me tell you straight up. So I, I, I played around with steroids in college, uh. and um, you know we're we're pretty close to the border here, and so I ended up getting some stuff over from Mexico, and I think I, I had I had uh, one situation. I mean, it, we're, we're getting it from like probably a veterinarian or something across the border. Um, and I learned my lesson there because, and I, I'm, I'm going to be very transparent about this. Um, we 
like through through a network of friends and everything, brought this stuff over that we thought was what's called Winstrel, Stan's Law. I've heard of it. Yes, it's really common among sprinters um, because it's um, about you're, it's anabolic, of course. It utilizes testosterone. It rides off a of testosterone backbone, and I think it was more like Armorol. And so whatever I injected into my body, I my back literally looked like I got shot with a shotgun, but the welts were so big, it came out yes. in boils because we didn't know what we were getting. And that, that, was, that was the situation Terrifying, right there where I said, bro. I was like, I'm out, I'm done. Because I ended up getting really sick, but I didn't know what it was at first. So of course, you I'm know, a couple of days later, I inject again. A couple of days later, I inject again. And I've got boils coming out of my body. And then it was like, Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was young and dumb at the course. time. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, I, like the, I'm absolutely messing myself up big time now. So, of course, I stopped. And that was, that was, the, the, that was the, cam- the, the hair that broke wow. the camel's back, right? Straw that so broke the camel's the back. The straw, the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I cannot do this. And, like, we're playing with fire here. You don't know what you're getting, especially on, on the black market when we were playing around with this stuff. And so... That was that for me. Wow, good for you. Yeah, um, but, Quinlan, can, can I go take a yeah, back really absolutely. quick? absolutely. Uh, you mentioned a second ago that there was somebody instrumental in helping you understand that the genetic piece wasn't going to be your future. Yeah. Walk us through that a little bit. I met a guy um, named Teddy Conda. Um, and uh, Teddy is now my co-founder, for, for what it's worth. Um, and he, he's a, he's a ripped, shredded dude. He was big. He was big. I, was, I looked up to him. I was like, dang. You, you're, you, and he's been working out since he was, you know, 13 years old. He's a uh, guy from Albania. He's a, he's a coder. Um, and he said, what do you mean? That's, that's, that's not an excuse. Come hit the gym with me tomorrow. And we're going to, we're going to break that muscle down. You know? And I, I worked out with him, um, consistently now. I mean, we're co-founders now, so I work out with him almost, you know, a couple times a week now. Um, and his, his mentality was basically like, nah, that's is that is an excuse that you are using to not push yourself to be better. And I was like, you know, excuse my language. I was like, you're damn right. You're damn right. I was doing that. And I needed one person to say like, you know what? Look, let's like take a pause and like, look, look at your body. Zoom out. Are you going to ever lift? Are you going to ever lift a thousand pounds uh, with, you know, you know, maybe not, but like, let's talk about the amazing things you do have with your body. It's like, you haven't really lifted weights and you've got like a fully developed six pack. Look at your like your shoulder length, your blah blah blah. You can already do this many pull up. Like you're discounting all of those things that are huge, huge strengths that most people would freaking kill for, and you're completely discounting them because you're saying, oh, "I hate my genetics." Um, and so Teddy and I, we started working together, and we started our company, um, Top Challenger. It's a social social platform for fitness, basically. Um, that's why we're here in um, Arizona. We're throwing you can compete with people and like. Um, virtual arenas effectively on our app. And so we're throwing a big fitness competition. Super cool. Phoenix. That's awesome. Yeah. At the X in Phoenix. So we're doing a, a deadlift competition. Um, where it's like how many reps at 275 can you do on the, on the deadlift or 135 wow. for women, um, a push ups competition and then a banded squat jump competition. What's a banded we'll squat? Both a banded squat jump is you basically, you put the, um, I've got my sweatpants on here, but you'll put the, uh, like the band, like a resistance band around your legs. And then you'll squat down and it adds like resistance and then you'll jump up and do a little, do a little uh, squat. It's exhausting. It's using it a lot of like hit workouts in particular. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're brutal. And there's a really cool company called aesthetic wellness here that has some really great resistance bands. Um, but anyway, so that's long story short, Teddy, um, my co-founder, um, 
he's just been really instrumental in like keeping keeping me into that mindset and saying like don't forget about the amazing things that you have regardless of your physique and i think that's one of the really important things i want to draw out of that is like whether you're not you're, you're six foot four or you're five foot two or you're 400 pounds you're 135 pounds or whatever you're gonna have at least one really cool thing or badass thing about your body that you can develop or change or do and and that nobody else is gonna have or other people are gonna want or try to change. And for somebody else to call that out sometimes is what needs to happen. But if you can call that out yourself consistently, it, that that's gonna be really, really critical. So. Yeah, all right. That's awesome. All that right, well, listen, awesome. we got to start to wind down a little bit with yeah. Quinlan. We still got, uh, we, we like to wrap up with a little bit of fun if you're down for it. Uh, since I'm down. music and workouts are almost synonymous with everybody, I know I don't see anybody in my gym without headphones in. Not a single person, whether they're 80 or they're 18, <laughs> they all have the little buds in. Everybody's cranking tunes. So uh, we're going to throw you through a round of Name That Tune. We're going to give you the opening line to an incredible workout anthem. And if you can identify it, um, well, it's just a pride victory. You just feel good about yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Are right. you ready? Here we go. Right, hit this I, thing. I know I've worked out a few times to this song. That's for sure. Here we go. In three, two... Oh, lose yourself. Oh, my God. This guy's as quick as I am on this thing. My gosh. He, we didn't course, even get to the first course. guitar riff. Yeah, we didn't need it. <laughs> wow. And it, oh, it's gosh. just that. You know, rotates oh, the playlist once, once hey, a week. You know what? If you guys love Eminem, there's a song that's not as infamous as Lose Yourself, but it, to me, is one of the most badass workout songs ever. It's called Cinderella Man. Mm. It's completely under the, the radar. Really? And it is, to me, it's more of an anthem than Lose Yourself. Wow. Okay. Cinderella Man. Cinder- There's also Till I Collapse. Is that a good Those one? Those are the three. And Cinderella Man, also outstanding. Yes. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Would You Rather is, uh, is up next. Would You Rather, Quinlan, uh, hear only one song for the rest of your life or only be able to watch one TV show or movie for the rest of your life? Oh, probably the TV show or movie. And what what play, show would I that play be? Piano all the time. Uh, no, I. Oh wait, so the, so would you rather? Yeah, you only, can only listen. So to I, I want to listen to unlimited music. Is what I want to say. Uh, okay, so you want one song for the rest of your life? Oh no, no, what, I I want to listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> Some yeah, unlimited exactly. music, but you'd have to watch the same TV show or movie. Okay, so that would life. probably that would probably be. Um, uh, or TV, well, you kind of can cheat on TV shows because you get so many more. <laughs> Probably true. just The Office. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. It's just, such com- That's, just some comfort TV for me. Yeah, that that I agree, actually. One I, jam I, I or one one TV show? One, um, I'd, I'd go one TV show. Really? Or one movie, yeah. One, what, what movie? Gladiator. Okay, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. oh. And then and unlimited music. I like the unlimited music. Yeah, thing. I just can't yeah, imagine 100%. having only one song. Because golly, how do you pick that one song? Is it going to be upbeat? Is it going to be a little melancholy? Is it going to be like a workout anthem? Is it class? Yeah. Like, I don't know how to select my yeah. one song, but if I could only and I, I watch play music, so yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I play piano every day. It's what a big part of. Actually, that's something we didn't talk about. Another way that I cope with any type of stress or things in my life, I so play thirty minutes guy. of piano every night. So does but it's fine habits outside of the gym as well. Wow. Okay, it can't just be the gym, right? What do you like Sorry. to play? Can, I know we're winding. Uh, I play blues. So oh. I'll just I'll put on like a backing track or there's this amazing song called The Sky is Crying on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I'll put that and I'll just I'll just 
play along to it for like 30, 40 minutes every night. And just freestyle. Absolutely. That's amazing, yeah. dude. See, mm-hmm. I, I don't have those kinds of skills. I, I play prepackaged stuff. That's fine. You're playing. <laughs> yeah. You're doing I love it, man. I do, I do that too. I'm, I'm with you, brother. Playing music, making music, and expressing yourself through that is, it's healing. It's really something. Yeah. All right, final question for our guest, Quinlan Smith, on the I Needed That podcast is about promises. Yes. Tell us about the power of keeping promises to yourself. What does it mean to you? There's, there is nothing more critical. And I think I started the podcast with saying that, but there's, there's you know, one promise that I've been trying to keep since my mom passed away. And her last words to me was, be strong, be smart, be kind. And I apply that to every single principle in my life. So there's nothing more important than keeping a promise to somebody else and a promise to yourself. Beautiful. Yeah, well said, Thank man. You. I love I love the be star, uh, be strong, be smart, be kind, because if there's pillars that any of us should aim for, those are the mm. ones. Yeah. You know, they're really wonderful. Well, exactly. Quinlan, we wish you nothing but the best of luck and good luck with your competition. Good luck with your big event that's coming up. This is all so, so exciting. And, yes. uh, I'm really, must, I'm really pumped up. <laughs> you yes. must be. Real Literally. Quick, where, where can everybody find you on Instagram? So I'm, I'm, I think you can probably just type in my name, Quinlan Smith. Um, but my Instagram name is a pterodactyl Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> it was created in high school. Uh, that's okay. fair. And what about on TikTok? You said you're on the TikTok as well. Uh, yeah. Quinlan Smith official. Okay. Quinlan Smith official. Yeah. Perfect. All right, boss. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Best of luck with your Thanks continued so much, guys. journey. You guys. Yeah, and you guys are doing so much magic out there. Um, so, so thanks so much for having me and for helping make such a big difference in other people's lives. Amazing. Oh, I love yeah, it. You're great, yeah, Quinlan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, pal. All right. Take All care, right. brother. Peace, Appreciate love, you, and tie-dye. Take it uh, Yeah, there it is, dude. <laughs> All you, right. Well, listen, that's a, that's a wrap here on our I Needed That podcast. I loved that story, probably because I identified it with so many pieces of it. But. A thousand percent, man. I'm, I'm sure. What was your biggest takeaway? I, I think that everybody's struggle is identical. It really doesn't matter where you come from. We all have some story in our head that's preventing us from doing the next thing. We all walk into a gym, and a gym could be a metaphor for just anything in your life, and we get overwhelmed by what we see other people doing and where we're not. And there's so many similarities to everything we got going on. You? Every every story of transformation starts with a few small steps, and then it continues, and then it's people, it's keeping your promises to yourself and and to others. And then over and day after day after day after day, and it's that consistency over time. And then, and you also listen to all how much he's grown over the last few years as he's explored and discovered himself. And he's also broken the bonds of identity of who he thought or who everyone told him he was. And he, he started to expand beyond that. There was a point in which he was like, what if I'm more than that? What if I'm not that? Mm. What if I can, what if my life could be better? And he did that and it got better. That's cool. That's really cool. cool, man. That's what it's all about. Well, listen, everyone, thank you so much for spending some time with us on the I Needed That Podcast. We are on the gram at I Needed That Podcast. That's our handle there. And if there's somebody who you just think is brilliant, who should be on this podcast, some incredible story of transformation, we hope that you'll slide into our DMs and let us know. Chris, have a great day, buddy. It was on my All right, man. See everybody next time.